Chapter 18 of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil by the Viscount of Taunay, translated by James William Wells. Bitters and Sweets One after the other, the days passed by without novelty. Cyrano diagnosing and curing, or rather prescribing, Meyer, in continually adding to his already fine entomological collection, but ever accompanied by Perriera, who cautiously endeavored to always keep within sight of his guest, Cyrano, as before, was still the confidant of all the fears of Pereira. "'The German,' said the miniero, "'will not let me rest in peace, yet I so keep him under my eye, that that at least is some satisfaction. But if he gets any suspicions of it, I shall get frightened even of my shadow. I am on a fire. I know not why Manicao Dosa does not arrive.' I do so want to place on the ground this cargo of care. Now, more than ever, Nocencia ought to get married. Bah! How these women do worry a man's life out! Ah! And even all this is nothing to what some of them will do. Then do you expect Manicao to arrive very soon? asked Cyrano, changing color. He cannot delay long. In two or three days at the most, he is coming from Ubaraba, and without doubt he has there arranged all the papers. I gave him the certificates of my marriage and the baptism of the little one, and also advanced him money for the expenses, although he wanted to refuse it. Then all is now absolutely decided? again anxiously inquired Cyrano. No doubt of it. Have I not already told you so more than once? Now it is only a case of bricks and mortar. I even already treat Manicao as a son, and the honor of this house is also his honor. But your daughter? What about her? Does she care for him? Now what next? exclaimed Perriera, with a superb smile of disdain at the question. A fine fellow like him, and so straightforward. Bah! But even if she does not care for him, it is my will, and there's an end of it. As to her happiness, and as to her being a good daughter, I have no reason to complain, and I am positively sure that the bridegroom will soon wake an echo in her heart. Would that I could now see him arrive! In the meanwhile, the health of Innocencia had been completely restored, and during the progress to convalescence, Cyrano had seized every opportunity for a pretext to render her every possible attention. But now, with the rosy flush of health tinging the damask face of the Sartenaha, a reason to visit her no longer existed, and the brief and serious interviews of the medico were terminated by Perriera, in order that his attention might not be diverted from the person of Meyer. Then the young man, with a pang in his heart, declared that his services and his presence were no longer necessary. Entire weeks now passed away without the young man being once able to catch a glimpse of his loved one. 
and with this suspense his passion became so all-consuming that, in order to disguise the cause of his nervous irritation, want of appetite, and constant pallor, he again alleged, as the reason of his apparent ill-health, a return of an attack of intermittent fever. The uncertainty in which he lived as to whether his affection was returned or otherwise gave him accesses of real agony of mind, which, especially in the silent hours of night, tormented him to the utmost limits of human endurance. One night the torment of the young man acquired such proportions that he resolved that, on the next day, he would fly from such a place of uncertainty and suffering." having taken this resolution he felt calmer and impressed by the peaceful serenity of the night he commenced to ponder with more tranquillity on the aspects of his case it was then perhaps an hour before the break of day when the surroundings were only dimly illumined by the shadowed light of a clouded moon a light soft serene equably diffused throughout the atmosphere and uninterrupted by any intermittent gleams of moonlight the cocks had already crowed and from far away were now and then heard the strange cries of the anumas pocas cyrano as if seized by some new resolve suddenly rose to his feet after some hesitation he passed through the gate of the fence by the side of the house and bent his steps in the direction of the thickly foliaged orange grove amidst the dense shadows of which he watched and waited a while presently he approached the fence at the rear of the house from whence with a beating heart he perceived at an open window a female figure her figure innocentia herself there could be no doubt of it for some time she made no movement, but at length she slowly withdrew, and little by little softly closed the window-shutter. Cyrano immediately sprang forward, and gave three gentle taps on the shutter. Innocentia, Innocentia, he called, in a low but ardent voice, full of supplication. No one responded. Innocentia, again implored the young man, hear me, open, have pity on me, I die for your sake. After a short time, which appeared a century to Cyrano, he tried the window, and finding it unsecured, with great trembling he pushed it open. The girl quickly returned, seeming astonished to behold him there, and frightened to see the shutter apparently open by itself. Wishing to give some or any pretext for the situation, and simulating surprise, she very softly and stammeringly inquired, "'Why comes Messe here? For what purpose? I, I am well now.' Cyrano reached forward and seized her hands. "'Oh!' cried he passionately, "'ill am I now. It is I who am now about to die.' for you have bewitched me, and no remedy can I find for my sickness. I? No, protested Innocentia. Yes, you, a girl such as I have never seen. Your eyes burn me. I feel a fire within me. I eat not. I live not. My only desire is to see you, and, and to love you. Sleep. I know no more. And this week I have aged more than I ought to in many years and why all this innocentia ah well you know 
"'No, indeed I do not,' the girl replied in all sincerity. "'Because I love you.' "'What?' she exclaimed. "'Is love then suffering?' "'Love is suffering when one knows not if the passion is returned, "'when he sees not she whom he worships. "'But when one is as I am now, ah, then indeed love is heaven.' "'And when you are away,' she inquired, "'what is it that you feel? "'Here within my breast, by day and by night, "'there seems to burn a never-ending fire, "'and I feel as though about to die. "'All things are hateful. "'I think only of her my soul craves for. "'Her memory haunts me in every hour of the day and of the night. "'In my slumbers and amid my prayers to Our Lady, "'she is ever-present.' She, the well-beloved, and—oh, interrupted the girl, with all ingenuousness, then I also love. You? cried Cyrano passionately. If it is as—as Messe says. I—I swear to you. Then—then I love also, declared Innocencia. But whom? Tell me quickly, whom? After a pause and with some hesitation, she replied with some emotion, "'Him who loves me!' "'Ah!' exclaimed the young man rapturously, "'then you are mine, mine assuredly, for no one in this world, no one do you hear, is capable of loving you as I do, not even your father, nor your mother, were she alive. Let your heart speak!' but if you wish to send me out of this world tell me that it is not i tell me and how would messe die she tremulously inquired there is no want of trees to hang me nor water to drown me heaven help me don't talk like that yet why does messe like me so much messe is no relation of mine not even a distant cousin he is really even unknown to me I have seen you but a very short time, and yet, yet you think so much of me. And you, do you not think of me the same? I? Yes, you. Why are you awake at this hour? It is because sleep deserts you, because your couch seems as mine, like a bed of torments. Why do you think of someone at every instant? yet that someone is not your cousin not even a distant one and verily even unknown to you it is true innocencia candidly confessed but who told messe that i think of him innocencia entreated the young man i will not deny it i knew that i was loved oh is this thing love she observed more to herself than to the listener last year on the occasion of the festival of santa anna some people relatives of mine came here and laughed at me because i did not understand them so much so that one of them the natuka footnote the senora tuka and a footnote said to me really are you not yet in love with some young man i replied that i knew not what she meant that was absolutely true and as certain as our father is in paradise now and now now she repeated ah who knows if it were not better as it was and that i had never liked any one that is not natural it is against the laws of heaven whatever is destined must be fulfilled 
Innocencia yet remained at some distance from the window, so that Cyrano, in order that his whispers might reach her, leaned over the window-sill and inclined his body towards her. He still retained her hands in his, and tenderly pressed them whenever she tried to withdraw them. The conversation of the lovers was interrupted by frequent pauses, during which, in the intoxication of their love, they gazed upon each other with dreamy glances filled with passion. "'Ah, Innocencia!' cried Cyrano. "'Let me feast on your face. To me it is more beautiful than the moon, more brilliant than the sun.' and, in spite of resistance, which, although weak, he was conscious of, he succeeded in inducing her to approach close to the window-sill. To love, she observed, must really be something wrong. Why? Because here am I, and my face feels on fire, and a something within me tells me that I am committing a sin. You, so pure, contested Cyrano, if some one came here now and saw us, I should die of very shame. Señor Cyrano, leave me. Go away. Your eyes fascinate me. You have bewitched me. That medicine you gave me had some herb in it for me to take, and become, become... No, no, the youth energetically interrupted. I swear to you, by my mother's soul I do, that the remedy had nothing of the kind in it, absolutely nothing. Then why am I thus? I know myself no more. If my father appeared, would he not be right to kill me? Her voice, as she uttered these words, sounded lower and lower, and finally ended in a flood of tears. Cyrano threw himself upon his knees before her. Innocencia, he exclaimed, by the salvation of my soul, I give you my oath that I have done nothing wrong to win your heart. If you love me, it is because God has so ordained it. I am no man of dissipated habits, and until now I have never loved any woman but you. But how could I help loving a woman such as you are? Oh, pardon me, Innocencia. If you suffer, I also suffer much. Pardon me. Cyrano somewhat raised his voice as he concluded this appeal. Suddenly, Innocencia appeared startled and trembled as with some fear. "'Did you hear that noise?' she asked, in a terrified voice. "'No,' responded Cyrano. "'Someone is awake there, indoors. "'Well, go and see who it is. "'If it is nothing, return. "'I will await here, hidden in the shadow of the wall.' Some moments afterwards the girl returned. "'I can see no one,' she said. Then it was a delusion. Oh, Cyrano, you had now better go away. No, Innocencia, have pity on me. I shall soon not be able to see you again, and we must converse about arranging our future. The Manicao will not delay. Ah! she exclaimed in surprise. Then Messe knows. I do know, and unfortunately he will soon be here. Ah! she cried. Well knew I that you would be my destruction. Before seeing you I should have married that man, even with joy. It was such a novelty, for he told me he would take me up to town. But now the idea fills me with horror. Oh, why did you come to disturb my peace? I am only a poor girl who has known no mother since childhood. 
are there no other girls in the cities or in all the wide world why did you come to make my heart ache that was so at peace why did you come to destroy my sleep to take away the desire to live as before so innocently that until now i have never had a wicked thought nor ever done harm to any one and i replied cyrano with energy think you that i am happy mark well one thing innocencia that so sure as god now hears me you will marry me or i will end my life what but my ill luck was the cause of all this misery if i had only chanced to come here before the arrival of that man who is now so odious to me that i could slay him what could then prevent my now being the happiest man in the world happier in this wild surtout than the emperor in his palace or the millionaires of rio de janeiro as i have already said the fault was not of mine i am not to blame are there no means to save us suggested the young woman means i will at this moment there arose from the direction of the orange grove the sound of a whistle high-pitched and prolonged and a stone impelled by some mysterious hand came whizzing through the air and with great force struck the wall of the house close to the head of cyrano innocencia uttering a half-smothered cry of terror quickly closed the window-shutter whilst cyrano dashed towards the dark shadows of the grove in the direction from whence the stone had come despite his eager search he failed to discover a sign or trace of any one whilst all around still prevailed the calm peacefulness of the night he searched the recesses of the grove with all his senses yet heard he only the noise of his own footsteps tired at last he left the grounds and cautiously wended his way to the front yard of the house on arriving there he stopped and listened attentively when again penetrated his ears the sound of the same whistle but the notes were more strident more prolonged and higher pitched End of chapter 18